Hey guys, this is Deacon Phil from the podcast. Wanted to give you a quick update. Sorry we didn't get an episode out last week. Uh, life has been pretty crazy in our house, so I just wasn't able to get the editing finished. But hope you guys enjoy the podcast this week. And if we possibly can get another one out this week as well, we will. But I really think you'll enjoy this conversation we had with Father Doug Leach. Thank you so much. Have a glorious day. And may God richly bless you. Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices, bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. This week we have Father Doug Leap. She's the Vocations Director for the St. Cloud Diocese. We're also going to have Spotlight St. Maria Goretti as our saint this week. For opening prayer, we'll turn it over to Terry. Actually, I think we'll have Father Doug lead us in prayer to begin with tonight. Sure. Wonderful. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for each of our lives, and we thank you for the relationships that have influenced us. We thank you for our moms and our dads. We thank you for our friends. Uh, We ask that uh, we can continue to invest uh, just in all of those relationships, that they can continue to form us. We thank you for speaking to us uh, in prayer and also through those that we know. Uh, We pray that we can always follow your call wherever you lead us in life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Thank you, Father. You're welcome. All right, we don't have a first cup with Bob, so we're just going to kick it right over to Father Doug right away. Yeah, we do. All right. A a VIG this week, very important guest. That's right. I like that. (laughs) It's great. So, Father Doug, you're with the St. Cloud Diocese. What's what's your current position, and what do you what do you do? Well, I guess as of uh, Tuesday at 12:01, um, started as the vocations director for the diocese. So uh, I've been ordained five years. Um, first couple of years, just helping out at a couple of parishes in St. Cloud here, St. Mary's Cathedral, and St. Ogg's, and then after that, as the assistant vocations director and then chaplain at Cathedral High School. So currently I'm continuing as chaplain at Cathedral High School, which I'm very grateful for. And then, uh, yeah, also uh, the vocations role, it's not divided up between assistant and then director. It's just one person. Uh, So that's me, the vocations director. So uh, taken over from Father Scott Pogachnik. So I had the blessing of working under him for uh, three years, learned a lot. Uh, But yeah, still, still much. So I'm much to learn. So I'm glad that he's in town yet, can continue just to lean on him and then 
yeah, with anything kind of new, there'll be lots to learn on the fly, but looking forward to it. Uh, we have some solid seminarians right now and uh, have been, of course, in the past. And uh, so it's a gift to be able to work with them. Um, I'll do a lot of different, I don't know, just like events and, and things, just getting to know, getting to know young men and, and just like seeing them respond, like think about the call and um, say like, okay, I don't know, here's my experience of God or the priesthood or the church. And, and uh, yeah, just seeing like them really become aware that like God in some sense might be pointing his finger at them uh, to be a priest, uh, certainly very life-giving for me. Yeah, I can share, yeah, just a little bit, yeah, about my own background or my own call a little bit. As a matter of fact, like, I think of, I know I mentioned, like, relationships that have formed us. Um, yeah, Father Mark Stang was certainly one of those people. He's a priest. You have the St. Cloud Diocese. Uh, he's been ordained probably about, I would guess, close to 30 years or so. Uh, but he was up in Long Prairie when our family was there. And, uh, yeah, so I saw him at the hospital today. I uh, went there and, um, yeah, just continued to rely on him as well. So he was the priest, yeah, when I was from age four to a freshman year in high school. And he helped paint the priest as something very good, uh, very attractive, very beautiful, very joyful. I mean, that's how he was. And so I um, was just grateful to see that. He played volleyball as well with our family sometimes here and there. So got to know him as uh, someone in the flesh, not just, yeah, just a distant person, but he was very close, I'd say, in my life growing up. And then, yeah, I was very involved in sports as well in high school and and gave a lot of, of effort there. But but God was always present, I'd say, in my life. I was, like, seeking him, like, even, yeah, during the high school years as, as best I knew how, I guess. Um, then a big turning point came my freshman year of college. I did think about going to seminary right out of high school. And then, uh, I don't know, there just wasn't enough, like, interior ambition. I guess, or, or thrust kind of for that. So went to NDSU. Yeah. When I was there a few months in, went to confession. When the priest gave me absolution deep in my soul, I just knew that I was going to be a priest. And typically when I thought about the priest before, there was like a lot of fear and anxiety and thinking like, geez, now I'm going to have to public speak. And, and I don't know, just kind of all the fears about it. But, but in this moment, there was just like peace. And I'm just like, that is very strange. And mm. that, I was not the one who produced that, like that I was convinced, like in my soul that that came from God. Yeah, entered seminary the next fall, still had a lot of fears. Like I remember, yeah, just being very afraid of being countercultural. Yeah, just started to get like worked up and kind of anxious about that. And then I remember a particular day being like very worked up, being like, what am I doing in the seminary? Like I have all these fears and yet this is like the direction I'm going. And on that day, I got an email from my pastor at the time, Father Richard Walls, who has since passed away from uh, brain cancer. Uh, but in that email, he just said, hey, Doug, just checking in. Just want to let you know I'm thinking of you and praying for you. And uh, just take one day at a time. That's how he ended it. Just like, wow, that's definitely what I needed to hear. And I don't know. So I look back on the path, and there's certainly a lot of those moments just where, yeah, starting to get focused on something other than Jesus and his call and some exterior thing. And, and that's when the fears and anxieties would, would kind of come, but there'd usually be someone or something that would just like very much like redirect me uh, towards him. Um, yeah. So ordained five years now, just grateful for all that God has given.
Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much, Father Doug. So I've been present at many of the liturgies and other kind of uh, retreats or, you know, different other social activities within the diocese. And you have a great zeal, just something that is infectious, right? Young people can absolutely see that you love this call that God has given you. So how do you how do you not get like weighed down by everything else? And just how do you keep that fire burning? Oh, there's probably some days where it feels like it's not burning, but um, I don't know. To me, I, I consider myself a very passive person. Like I always just kind of respond to the situation or the people around. It's not like within myself. I don't know. I start the day on fire. Like I usually start it pretty slow, I'd say. And then, I don't know. God just comes in life and in, in prayer, just like the people usually respond a lot. Yeah. Just to the people around me. And yeah, it's certainly, yes, I guess just something I've felt like is always a, just a response to what I've received or what I currently am receiving rather than, I don't know, anything that I've kind of produced, but, but just know that like God's grace is, is certainly there as well. Beautiful. Thank you. As you go into the vocations director position, how, how do you see uh, cultivating more young men to, to the priesthood? Uh, obviously, there's discussions within the diocese and nationally, especially in the United States, that we're not creating enough priests, right? And, uh, you know, it's, it's talk all over the place and that type of uh, thing. So, so how do you see uh, your role and, and what ideas do you have uh maybe it's too soon for that but what, what how do you see going forward to try to uh, uh draw more men into the priesthood in this position yeah uh big question <laughs> have been thinking about that a lot though yeah one thing that i try to emphasize when i'm with people is so often we like see the the need for more priests for like a pastoral reason, which isn't like a bad reason by any means. I mean, the saints are the ones who, who saw need and went. And, and that's certainly what we do need in, in young men. But what I try to tell them, I guess, is that like the reason or reasons that, that God is or might be calling you to the priesthood are much more than the fact that like he needs a priest in Burndale or, uh, Fergus Falls or wherever in the diocese, like, like it's really for you. Like Jesus is calling or might be calling you to be a priest because like he wants the best life for you and he just wants your, your heart. And this is something that's not, yeah, certainly it's a sacrifice, but we're all called to sacrifice and, and give ourselves. And so um, I guess like as much as like there, there is a, a need for more priests, I almost want to not emphasize that as much and just be like the only reason that you would be ordained a priest is because God is calling you, not because like of, of anything else. And I don't know, just try to get back to the basic, I guess. And, and, and that's certainly that, something that a lot of people know, but I feel like sometimes that can, that can get lost just in our own kind of human way of thinking as well. Um, yeah, I, I, we do like some events, and and certainly like there's different ideas for for events um near the end of July uh the last Saturday in July I'm doing 
an event with Father Greg Paffle up in Sock Center called the Paschal Challenge, which I'm very excited about. Um, for 9th through 12th graders, we'll um, yeah, just really walk through the last 24 hours of Jesus' life. And uh, so we start with a, what he would call a Last Supper breakfast. So it starts in the morning. Uh, we go in the upper room kind of of his rectory, and we eat a ton of pancakes. Uh, and then at the end of that, we just uh, read uh, the Last Supper passage uh, from John with the washing of feet. And then, yeah, we wash feet. Then after that, then uh, we go from there and we pray uh, just because Jesus went to the garden and prayed. Jesus was bound and led away by soldiers. We bind them with like these zip tie things and uh, we lead them in this like garage and we slam the door shut and it's completely dark in there. And there's a lot of other steps too that we go through, but that's just kind of a taste like uh, there's crosses, we carry crosses, we go to the cemetery, we, each person gets up on the cross. Um, so yeah, just ways to engage young men, um, things like that, other vocation camps I've done. But I do think it'd be really cool to do stuff with like elementary school age kids. That's something that, I mean, at that level, there's more of that is probably handled by the, within the parish itself. But I don't know, I think it'd be cool to get like, few hundred like fourth through sixth graders together or something and who knows what that could look like um but i don't know whether it's fishing or looking at sheep or i don't know some some sort of environment where where we can apply it to the gospel or some sort of environment where jesus called people from um and then yeah just one thing that can definitely grow in a lot is just like being in constant contact with a particular group of young men. Like sometimes I think the answer is like more events or more activity, or certainly there's room for, for growth in those areas. But at the end of the day, it's, it's like walking with young men and I'm just saying, Hey, I'm, I'm here and uh, I value life wherever, wherever God calls you. And so just want to invest in more of those relationships as well. So those are just a few, a few thoughts there. Right. No, thank you for that. I, I know I put you on the spot, but I, just to try to get you to articulate kind of where you're where you're coming from, um, you know, and I think it's I think it's a good point about, you know, building the bench, you know, sort of you think of it in an athletic reference or a coaching reference that, you know, uh, we try to, uh, you know, if we build a program, we try to get everybody on the same page of what that program is from let's say elementary school all the way up to the varsity level for football, for example, something like that. Not that you're not that somehow we're building a team that way, but you are right. So not very many young men or young children hear about priesthood or, or they can be a nun or any of this other thing. Whereas 50 years ago, it was not, it was pretty standard that you know, if you had a large family, one of those male members would become a priest, right? Mm-hmm. You, we don't, it, we don't have that anymore. So I think you, you need to, we need to start articulating that at, at a younger age. So when you get into the point you are now with, with older uh, teenagers and young men, and they're like, well, I, you know, I didn't even know anything about it. I didn't know how it worked, mm-hmm. all this other stuff, you know, kind of lay those roots. Right. I think that's a, that's a wonderful idea to start really young that, you know, to try to cultivate those vocations and so on. Mm-hmm. Just my, just my two cents of that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It kind of came from, uh, well, that idea of going younger with, uh, yeah, the announcement for this Paschal Challenge thing that I was talking about. And, uh, and the priest announced it being, it's for those that are like nine through 12, or there's some like something missing in the communication it was nine through 12th grade or like ages nine through 12. And there was just like more, yeah, just like ninth, 10th, 11th graders that were just like eager. Like, yeah, this is something I want to be part of. And yeah, so just thinking more, more about that and what, what that could look like. Yeah, I very much think that's a great idea. I think the more that younger people are open to discernment and spending time listening to God, I think then when they hear, you know, when they're a little bit older in those early teen years, then they're going to be, they'll already be ready to absorb those um, those uh, words of affirmation and confirmation of maybe something that God has already placed on their heart. That's kind of something mm-hmm. I feel, but yeah, I like the idea of a, a younger elementary, something like that. Mm-hmm. All the messages, the message of the world is reaching these kids at a very young age. So why not the message of the gospel as well? Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. Well, you got to so, build your bench. <laughs> we talk, talk about that all the time with Deacon Ernie and other deacons. We've all, you know, we've talked about, at least in the diaconate, how we can build our bench and, you know, with a lot of retirements coming up and, mm-hmm. and how we can continue to foster that within all these communities to get more men interested in the diaconate. It seems like it's working now. Right, it's yeah. having some success. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. a lot of deep candidates, which is awesome. So, Father Doug, my question to you is: Where, in these early days of being vocation director, do you see your greatest challenge coming from? I don't know. I'm sure I'll find out soon. Um, <laughs> That's a great question, Terry. Way to go. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess what one thing that comes to mind is it's kind of wild just having a a big say in, in a young person's life. And for me, like even now, still like if, if a priest or a religious figure like comes up to me and says like, hey, you should do this. Like uh, there's certainly like a weight that that carries. And, and just to know that, I don't know, I want to give people freedom. Freedom is good. God loves our freedom. Uh, but then also like God really speaks through people. And, and I don't know, just kind of know like that line for me, whether it's like saying like, Hey, you should enter seminary or whether it's saying like, Hey, you shouldn't enter seminary um, or, or wherever. And, and not that I can even know that, but just to like offer what I can and trust that the Holy Spirit is guiding my words while still offering a certain freedom there. Uh, for the individual to, so it's like their their decision to respond uh, to the call of God. So, kind of all that, just walking with people, I guess, and and um, being aware of what my words mean for, and maybe to speak up more often, and yeah, all of that. And sometimes all it takes is just that gentle whisper or that gentle breeze, and and not the you know shove forward to. Uh, get these young men and uh, into um, looking, if nothing else, at least 
looking at the possibility of entering seminary and entering the priesthood and giving their life to God. Yeah, and uh, that's a good way to put it. I have been thinking a lot, kind of even in my own like spiritual life in the past year or so, just like the power of of a question and just being a lot more fascinated by the questions that Jesus asked. And, and yeah, just how they often open people up or challenge people a lot more than a statement and just, yeah, seeking to grow in that even rather than saying like, hey, you should think about the priesthood, but to say, have you ever thought about the priesthood or why aren't you thinking about the priesthood? (laughs) (laughs) A little more, more zing to it. Yeah. I like that. So your position obviously is more one-on-one or, or more personal connection. And obviously with what we've just gone through, those personal connections uh, were severed. We, we just couldn't do them. Mm-hmm. How, two, two parts to this question, how as even assistant vocations director, did that affect your ministry and two, do you see that um, COVID having long-term effects to vocational calling? Yeah, I'm sure it affects it. Um, like who knows how, how the grace of God can work, I guess, but yeah, the past, I'd say on average, we maybe have like three, maybe four guys enter seminary a year in the fall. Last year, we just had two, um, which is probably a good year to have a low year considering how challenging it was, I guess, but um who knows but and this year we have three guys entering and so it might be like a little lower but close I guess to where we are normally but yeah I do yeah we'll I think continue to see the effects of of the quarantine and and COVID for years I think even for yeah some people probably like thinking like okay like I I survived without the mass and without the Eucharist and and I don't know just how the evil one can play with that. But then, yeah, for some people, it might be the opposite. Like, hey, there was there is a lack of of something deeper. Like, certainly, we all can be occupied. Like, every human being can be busy and, and like, think that they're somewhat content with life. Uh, but, yeah, maybe the slowdown, too, helped help people ask a lot, a lot of questions that they might not have asked otherwise. So, I guess we'll see how that yeah continues to affect but it seems more negative in some ways to me but but of course god works for the good uh for all through all things for all those who love him and uh yeah i've just been thinking about that a lot more the past year as well i've been reflecting a lot on the we will have trials in this world but do not fear for i have overcome the world you know be of good cheer you know, I love, love that scripture verse because there are many trials that we encounter in our lives. And if we if we get drawn into those too deeply, we can just fall into, you know, a downward spiral. So just yeah. having that confidence that, you know, Jesus Christ has already won the victory. So just trust in him, rely on him, lean in on him, and he'll see us through. This is his church and he's guiding us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I find great confidence in that verse because I think it it speaks to, you know what, things are going to really be crummy for a little bit here, and you mm-hmm. expect that because he said we need to expect that. He already knew that COVID would happen. You know, what I mean, this isn't a surprise to God, right? Mm-hmm. This is not like what 
so he already knew this was happening. He already knew we would be where we are, and he created us for this time and this age right now. And so, you know, it's just finding that that joy, still finding that authentic joy in Jesus Christ and living that out. But anyways, okay, that was a side. Really what I wanted to ask you about was fishing and hunting and how that's been going. Ah, uh, really good. Um, well, some of these guys, I was just, uh, yeah, kind of, with this drought, the, the river, the Mississippi river is so low. So I, yeah, and parts of it can kind of like walk all the way across it almost, but yeah, I just was down there, caught six smallmouth this evening, which, uh, I don't go down there a ton, but that's the most I've caught in like a short sitting before. So that was pretty fun. Um, decent size. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm more of a pan fish fisherman in general. So looking forward to, yeah, more and more of that throughout the summer as well. And then, yeah, I really like the bow hunting for deer in the fall. Like that's definitely my favorite thing is bow hunting. And, uh, yeah, last year got a, got a decent buck, grunted him in, which was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, just done that nice. once before. Yeah. So then yeah, grunted him into about 25 yards. Then he turned broadside. Wow. What? Got him. So wow. <laughs> it's fun to interact with a, a big animal in that way. It's very satisfying. <laughs> very satisfying. So it's I have so it's John sixteen thirty three. I have told you this so that you might have peace in me. In the world you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. So it's not at all the way I said it, but you know. Take courage. I have conquered the world. I like yeah. it. Yes. You can add be of good cheer. That's a good. Yeah. Cheer. Right. That's the yes. <laughs> And maybe that's in some translation somewhere. It could be, right. You know? This is uh, this is the NAB from USCCB. I'm not reading my ESB or my RSV, so it's a little different. Sure, absolutely. Well, one other thing, too, I, I got to ask you uh, about, Father Doug. How's the batting average in softball this year? For myself, you mean? Yes. I feel like it's down a little. I, I don't know how down the – the Mississippi Saints could could use a little. They'd be more improved if my batting average was higher. Leave it at that. <laughs> I love it. Love it. <laughs> the bat doesn't carry the game though, but it certainly does help. It does help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit and uh, ask about your reaction to uh, my son getting an inside the park home run off of you last year. I, I might have. I don't know if I remember that. <laughs> it's, it's already erased. He doesn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did he make it home? He did. Well, was that off of only my error, or was there another error? Um, like, I, I think. I don't know for sure. I think it was only off off of you diving for That's the ball, painful. and then the ball and the ball rolled all the way to the fence. Yikes. Yeah, I was coming in on it and uh, thought I had it. So I laid out and uh, didn't have it. So, so you usually did that far. The question was, how do I feel? Yes. Terrible. Like that <laughs> huge shot to the pride. <laughs> well, I, I was I, happy for him. Well, and it did, I wasn't I, happy with it. It built him up. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> He still talks about it to this day. Remember that? Yeah, well, 
He's also brought it up to me. He doesn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has. As only as only his father's son would do. Uh-huh. Gary, Gary, you're as good a hitter as him. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. <laughs> you are. So where do you see your future, Father? I know you just started the vocations job, but that'll be for whatever that period of time is. Do you, do you then see probably that you'll get a parish after that? or? Yeah, that's kind of always the expectation. I mean, I'm somewhat surprised or, I don't know, near in seminary, I guess. I mean, at least for me, I didn't really picture myself as a chaplain at a high school or in the vocations office, just always kind of envisioned, yeah, just at the parish level. And so, yeah, this is kind of the, what I would assume, I guess, for the future. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I love being at the high school. I love vocations work, but yeah, I'll very much, and I'll get to like a lot of, like a variety of parishes in this time, like filling in here and there um, for, yeah, just speaking about vocations and, and just, yeah, building up those relationships to being able to to see people and connect with them. Um, but yeah, not having a consistent uh, parish on the weekend is something that like will be hard for me. And that's like, in some sense, like sad or like there's certain like grieving there, I guess. Um, but yeah, very much. Yeah. Looking forward to this time, but I would, I would think like someday back just at the parish level as well. Maybe someday and, Bishop. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> that would be terrible and I think the only perk of being bishop that I can think of is at the beginning of the mass instead of saying the Lord be with you which is a really cool greeting uh, you get to say the peace be with you uh, that's what the bishop says other than that I, I can't think of anything do you have any closing comments Father before we wrap up and um, you give a blessing yeah just uh yeah, every every vocation comes from a vocation, and um, the only reason we want to like respond to wherever God is leading us for, yeah, whether we're men, women, called the priesthood, married life, consecrated life, whatever it may be, it's because we've seen that that lived out. And so I just thank uh, each of you uh, for pursuing the Lord, and all those tuning in as well. Like our none of us can realize the impact of our life. Like it's impossible. And, uh, but God, yeah, just works through each of you and through all of us in ways that we were just like so unaware of. And so, uh, thanks to each of you uh, for doing that and doing this podcast. This is uh, fun. Just joining you guys and seeing you uh, laugh and interact and, uh, be cool to join again sometime. We definitely welcome it. For that's that. for sure. Yeah, we appreciate you being on. And if we could ask one favor before the blessing is, please spread around to all of your brethren and everyone that you know and say that they should listen to our podcast so we can get our <laughs> listenership up. We yes, want please. more people to listen. So yes, that's what we would ask. Strange Catholics. Strange Catholics. Very, very appealing. It is. To, to, uh, to us. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, cool. All right, we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for the conversation. We thank you for all those uh, listening. We pray that we can always uh, be impacted, constantly impacted from how uh, you give yourself to us in 
uh, conversation in silence and uh, the people before us. And I ask that you bless uh, each of these men pursuing your heart, protect them from all evil and keep them in your love. And also for any uh, listening, may all uh, remain in your peace and your love. Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you very You're much, welcome. Father, for joining us. Thank you very much. I do have to ask, though, who is the painting? Because this will be our YouTube people that are watching us on back. YouTube. Yeah. We'll want to know what yeah. the painting is in the background. We have a huge fan base on YouTube, yeah. Yes. So we have Martha oh. and Mary. I don't know how well you can see. Uh, there you go. Yeah, so. Wow. Oh, wow. That's a wonderful painting. Beautiful. And it's kind of cool. My sister, Claire, kind of introduced me to it. Uh, she just kind of keyed in on a few of the things on Martha there, just how she's, yeah, kind of like tilting her jar, like slightly away from Jesus. Like it's a part of her life that she just like either doesn't want him to know or uh, just thinks that, yeah, it doesn't really as much, it's not as much between the two of them. Like it's something hidden, but how. Yeah, he's just kind of inviting her in to that a little bit more. So uh, I like it. It's a good, good reminder. Yeah, it's almost like she's not ready to surrender that part, right? Right. And there's that invitation with his hand on her shoulder. I love that. That's a beautiful painting. That is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for joining us. We'll make sure that we promote the locations in the St. Cloud Diocese and we'll, I think uh, Phil will be able to have a link uh, to the website and Amen. We're here, to we're here to support you in any way we can. So Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so well, much. Thank you all. Have a good night. Thank you, you too. Right, thanks, thank you, Father. Father. All right, let's take a short break and we'll be right back with the St. Spotlight. And we're back. So I will just have to say this real quick before we get into Terry and this week's St. Spotlight. This is a, even though it's the correct saint for this week, it is a requested saint by the one and only Janie. This is a shout out to Janie. This is your saint. So take Absolutely. it away, Terry. And a pleasure and honor to be profiling this beautiful saint, not only for Janie, but for all of our podcast listeners. This week's Saint Spotlight features Saint Maria Goretti, whose feast day comes up on July the 6th. She is the patron saint of youth, young women, teenage girls, children, purity, and victims of rape. Children of Mary against poverty, against the death of parents, martyrs, poor people, and the diocese of Albano, Italy. The family of today's saint was so poor that they farmed other people's fields. They lost their own land and became migrant laborers who ate what they grew and harvested, though their rough fingers rarely ever touching a coin or printed money. Born on October the 16th, 1890 in Coronaldo, Italy, Maria was the third of six children of Luigi Goretti and Assunta Carlini. She was described as both beautiful and pious. 
By the time Maria was five, her family had become so poor that they were forced to give up their farm, move, and work for other farmers. Her farm worker father moved his family to Ferrer di Conca near Anzino in 1896. Soon after, Maria's father died of malaria and the family was forced to move to the Serenelli farm to survive, also leaving Assunta to carry on his work. Maria, who was 10 at the time, assumed the household duties and cheerfully supported her mother. Maria cooked, sewed, and kept the house clean. And she also watched her youngest sister, Teresa, while Maria's mother, brothers, and sisters worked out in the field. She prayed the rosary every night for the repose of her father's soul. She grew in grace and maturity, and her cheerful obedience and piety were noticed by those around her. At 12, Maria was already a beautiful young woman. Alessandro Serenelli, who lived on the farm and was the son of the farm owner, then 19, twice made advances toward her. She rebuffed him and kept his proposition secret because he had threatened to kill her. On July the 5th, 1902, Maria sat atop the hovel stairs mending Alessandro's shirt. He stormed past her, ordered her into a bedroom, locked the door, grabbed her, and attempted to rape her. No, 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 Maria cried. Don't touch me, Alessandro. It is a sin. She resisted him with all of her strength. Furious, Alessandro tried to first choke her. Then, when she continued to resist, he stabbed her 11 times with lesions of the pericardium, heart, lungs, and diaphragm. Injured bodily, but still alive, Maria tried to move toward the door. But when he approached her again, Alessandro stabbed her three more times and then fled. The baby, Teresa, woke up from the sounds of her sister's cries and began to cry herself. When Maria's mother and Alessandro's father came to check on the baby, they found Maria bleeding on the floor and rushed her to the hospital in Nituno, where she underwent surgery without anesthesia. She explained to her mother and to the police what had happened and expressed forgiveness for Alessandro. Unfortunately, her wounds were beyond the surgeon's ability to help. Halfway through the surgery, the surgeon asked her, Maria, think of me in paradise. As she lay on the table, she looked up at him and said, Well, who knows which of us is going to be there first? Maria did not realize how terrible her situation was. And the surgeon replied, You, Maria. She said, then I will gladly think of you. Her last hours were marked by the usual simple compassion of the good, concern about where her mother would sleep, forgiveness of her murderer, and her devout welcoming of Viaticum, her last holy communion. Maria died July 6, 1902, while looking upon an image of the Virgin Mary 
and holding a cross to her chest. Maria Goretti was venerated on March the 25th, 1945, with a decree of martyr. She was beatified on April the 27th, 1947, and canonized June the 24th, 1950. All of these occurred under Pope Pius XII. Now, as for her attacker, this is a beautiful story of how the saints, even in death, can intercede for uh, someone who has sinned. As for her attacker, Alessandro was sentenced to 30 years in prison. For a long time, he was unrepentant and surly. One night, he had a dream or a vision of Maria gathering flowers and offering them to him. He said that he saw a garden where a young girl dressed in white gathered lilies. She smiled, came near him, and encouraged him to accept an armful of the lilies. As he took them, each lily transformed into a still white flame. Maria then disappeared. Alessandro's life from that day forward was changed. When he was released after 27 years, his first act was to beg the forgiveness of Maria's mother. She not only forgave him, but they also attended Mass together the very next day, receiving Holy Communion side by side. He testified at her cause for beatification and was present along with Maria's family at her canonization. He later became a lay brother of the Order of Friars Minor Capuchin, where he lived in a monastery and worked as its receptionist and gardener until his death in 1970. St. Maria Goretti, pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. Thank you very much, Jerry. Wonderful presentation, wonderful saint. Yeah. And now it's that time, ladies and gentlemen, of the broadcast where we ask you, our listeners, to rate us. Rate us on the podcast platform that you listen to us on. Five stars, Phil's saying five, Jerry's saying five. And you know what? And for me, I think uh, our previous guest would also say it is your vocation to rate us five stars as well. So I think it's important. Wouldn't you think so, Phil? Your vocation? I don't know if he'd say that. <laughs> well, we'll speak for him. I think he would be supportive <laughs> of that. So. Uh, not to put words in his mouth, but I, I just feel comfortable that he probably would be in favor of that. All right. So, so please rate us with a five and then, and then also send us a comment, leave us a comment. Uh, tell us what you think, show ideas, uh, pray, uh, uh, prayer intentions. We're here to pray for you, with you and, and about you. We're here to do all that. Um, are there some saint spotlight? You know, I'd like to see Saint so-and-so. Um, I'm a big fan of Saint so-and-so, so maybe next week we'll have Saint so-and-so. But let us let, let Terry know what saint you'd like to see, and we'll see if we can get it into the podcast or any questions that you may have. So please, you can leave those on the podcast platform you listen to us on, or there's a better place to do it. 
strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash strangecatholics. And if you'd like to see the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. There is a link in our description. Our views are up a lot, and we hope that more and more people keep taking in this great information while also seeing us interact with each other. It's <laughs> just a beautiful blessing to have Father Doug on, and I think yes, everyone would amen. really enjoy. They, they miss out on that opportunity when he shows us that beautiful picture of Mary and Martha and right. Jesus. So you, you need to watch the YouTube channel. Link is in the description to be able to see some of that. Absolutely. Well said. All right, time for closing prayer. And is it you, Phil? It, it is. I'm the one that said I would do it. Okay. Shooting from the cuff, so we'll see how it goes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for gathering us together to be attentive to the Holy Spirit moving within us and among us. We lift up all the prayers that we have in our hearts and these specific intentions we bring before you now. Pray for the protection of life from conception until natural death. All those that are married, struggling in marriage, all those that are discerning this call to this great vocation of service and holy matrimony, that you give them the grace to be open to this beautiful gift you give us. We pray for all those that are struggling in any way from ill health, recovering from surgeries, those that need that divine physician's touch. Lord, we lift all of them up. Ask for your blessing upon all of them, your healing touch upon them, strength and protection for all the caregivers. Add one attention to the end that I forgot to remind, and just a shout out to all those people in South Florida. Oh, yeah. We are thinking about you and praying yes. for you. Yes, and we are. What a terrible disaster that I was. Know. So, yes. <clears throat> Pray for all those souls that, all the souls of the faithful departed, especially those that have died in this horrific event, took place a, a week ago. Eight days ago. Something like that, yeah. Something but, like that. Yeah. And all those rescue workers that have been pouring in to offer their selfless service to help find people and now you know assumably at this point now to try to help recover the bodies we still especially as catholics we revere we revere the body as something very sacred this is a very catholic area especially of miami of florida and so we just really want to lift up our brothers and sisters in christ and just just know that you're you're held up in our prayers, and we pray ask that everyone that's listening to this podcast lift them up in prayers as well. Absolutely, amen. Thank you, Bob. We pray also for our Holy Father Pope Francis, for all of our bishops, especially Bishop Donald Kettler. Pray for our nation that all all souls would come to seek you and find you. Lord, we ask your blessing upon all those that are listening. Please hear their intentions. We lift all of these things through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pretty good for going off the cuff, Phil, I will say that. Yeah, it was. Very good. All right. Thank you very much for joining us this week. We look forward to 
talking with all of you next week. And until then, love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day. And may God bless you.